Hi, my name is Austin on facility staff. You're listening to week four of Fall Street Podcast. The speaker for week four was Brian Mills, and we had 4,785 students in attendance. Enjoy. Man, let me just say to each and every one of you, I love being here with you. It has been so fun stopping by your cabins, hanging out with you, stopping on the street, talking to every one of you I can. Uh, you guys have been so kind to us, and we're so grateful. <coughs> Excuse me. You fed us so, so well, and appreciate that. And even to the point uh, that I, I got to play a little foosball game today. Sorry, uh, CJ. I believe that was your name. He was undefeated in his cabin until I showed up, and uh, then I took down, and I became undefeated in the cabin. Praise God. Anyways, and so what we just had, we have had a blast and we deeply love you, and uh, we're excited on what God's doing in your youth ministry. And I want to say one thing, and we're going to get in the Word. Uh, don't let it go unsaid to all your volunteers and to all your youth pastors and your youth leaders. Tonight in your cabin, students, you need to give them a hug. You need to give them a high five. You need to tell them thank you, because they gave up a lot to be here, and we've got some incredible youth leaders in this room. Amen. And just amazing, amazing people. They love Jesus, and they love you, and that's why they're in this room. Well, we're going to wrap up 2 Peter chapter 1, and just this confirming of the calling and election section of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11 study that we've done, and really, uh, we're even going to see it tonight, that Peter is all about adding to our faith, adding to our faith. And remember, I've said this, and I just want to say it one more time. Adding to your faith does not bring salvation upon you. You can't work your way to heaven. Scripture teaches us that. Peter teaches us that. We're going to get even get deeper into that tonight. But you can't work your way to heaven. But because you are saved, you do. And, and, and let me explain it to you this way. I am married. I've been married now, going on 17 years, to a beautiful woman named Jennifer Mills. Her original uh, name was McIntyre, so I did her a favor, right, and gave her a better last name anyways. And so uh, Jennifer uh, is my wife, and we've been happily married, and we're deeply in love, and I love her more today than, than ever before, and I pray I love her more tomorrow than I do today, amen. And, and because I love her so deep, and, and I'm so intimately in love with my bride, I, I want to do things for her. And I want to show my love to her. And I want to send her roses or I want to take her on dates or I want to spend time with her. It's not that I have to spend time with her. It's that I get to spend time with her, right? Like I, I get to be with her. And I, I get to spend time with her. I get to take her on dates. I get to do things. And I want to do that. And I want our marriage to be better tomorrow than it is today. And then I want it to be better the next day than it is today. And I want to add to our marriage because I'm in love with her. Same thing spiritually. When we give our life to Christ, we should long to add to our faith because it draws us closer to Christ. When we add to our faith, it shows our deep love for Jesus. And we're going to see that tonight as we begin to unpack this passage in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 10-11. through 11. I'll read them to you 
and then we'll unpack them, all right? It says, therefore, which is always going back to watch therefore. Y'all know that, right? Like, anytime you see therefore, you say, what's therefore? And I've already taught you what there is for, because it takes us back to the seven qualities. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, so we see that he's acknowledging the church as uh, he's, in, he's showing an endeared spirit to them, like, you're my brother and you're my sister. He says, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you'll receive a rich welcome in the, into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, it's important that we begin to unpack this because once again, he takes us back to the seven traits, and once again, he says, make every effort. Could we just make this commitment as we go home? Wherever you live, or it's in the state of Oklahoma, or Texas, or Arkansas, or wherever else that I've met that you might be from, uh, let's just make this commitment. Uh, let's just make every effort when we go home to go live godly. Can we do that? There's a great discussion when you get in your cabin tonight. How are we just going to go be godly? How are we going to go love our parents in a godly way? How are we going to love our neighbors in a godly way? How are we going to go love our teammates in a godly way? How are we going to love the members in the band with us in a godly way? When we sit down at the cafeteria table, how are we going to love people in a godly way? When we go, and for some of you high school that are dating somebody, how are you going to date in a godly way? How, how are you going to love people in a god? Let's just commit. Let's just go be godly. There's Peter's challenge. Make every effort. Just, just go be godly and love Jesus with everything you got. Give it all you have. Uh, y'all remember the famous, uh, I felt it would be appropriate to bring this out since we had Billy Young speaking to us in the morning, who was a backup quarterback on the Florida Gators football team, if he had never told you all that. Incredible athlete, incredible man of God, and set an incredible example. But if you remember Long ago when a guy named Tim Tebow back in 2008 when he was playing for the Gators, he made a statement after a loss, and it was this statement. He said to the fans and everybody in Gator Nation, I'm sorry, extremely sorry. We're hoping for an undefeated season. That was my goal, something Florida's never done here. But I promise you one thing. A lot of good will come out of this. I promise you one thing, he says. A lot of good will come out of this. You'll never see any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. You'll never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I'll push everybody the rest of the season. And you will never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. Then he said, God bless you. He said, you're never going to see anybody do it any harder or any better. I'm going to give it my best. Could we just make that speech on our way out of False Creek? You're never going to see a youth ministry love our community any more than us because we're going to add, we're going to give it all we got. We're going to get make make just give it our full effort. We're going to give it everything. That's where we've got to be as we leave this this community called False Creek that God's hand is upon. It's going to go with you, right? Your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you become a temple of the Holy Spirit. The spirit within this room is going with you, y'all. So go make every effort to live for him. And let's go for it. And let's make a difference. He says, therefore, 
Brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your call. He says the calling. The calling Peter is talking about here is God's call of people to salvation, to receive Jesus. We've seen hundreds of people receive Jesus this week. We've talked about it night after night after night about receiving Jesus. We talked about John 3, 16. For whoever believes, right, that Jesus came for the whole world, and whoever in, is in this world, I want them to say yes to me. Whoever's in this world, I love them. Whoever's in this world, I want them to see, but I'm not going to be a dictator and make them follow me. I'm going to let them choose to follow me, right? You don't have to follow Jesus. You get to follow Jesus, amen? Like it's our opportunity. It's a choice we get. We get to following. And what Peter's trying to say is this is the opportunity you have in your life. This is something you get to do. Peter's saying be passionate to celebrate the fact that God has saved you. It's the joy of your salvation a little bit. What I was talking about last night, Peter's pinning it again. Just a few sentences later, he's writing it down again. I remember a, a man that I met. He's a, he's a spiritual hero to me. And I don't have time to tell his whole story, but he's from the great state of Oklahoma. Amen. And uh, he, he truly is a spiritual hero. A uh, long, 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 long story short. Uh, he has been known. Tulsa World declared him the most feared prisoner to ever go through Oklahoma prisons at one point. This was long ago. And, uh, and he had gotten out of prison. When he gotten out of prison, long story short, I met with him and heard his testimony. And as I heard his testimony, I, I'd learned his testimony of the fact that this man had uh, killed his best friend. And as a result, when a drug deal went bad, he killed his best friend, went to prison, somewhat just became a very, very tough man in prison. He did a lot of bad things, and I don't have time to get into it all. They'd moved him prison yard to prison yard to prison yard. And uh, his story is magnificent. He's now passed away, had a heart attack. I've got his story uh, by video, and uh, it's powerful to listen to. His name was Tony Mack, and uh, Tony McMullen was his last name, but they called him Tony Mack. And every time, I used to bring Tony in to share his testimony, and every time he got to the point when he gave his life to Jesus, every time, he started to weep, and he just started to cry because he understood the value of his salvation. He understood the fact that it was very simple that for the wages of sin for him is death. He got it. But he also got, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He got that he had a free gift and that Jesus gave him that free gift. And my friend Tony, no matter how bad a sin he had committed, he knew that Jesus called him. And Jesus called him to salvation. And when he called him to salvation, and he recognized and he remembered the moment he was saved, it empowered him to continue on with his life. It empowered him to go and do as he was called to do. It empowered him to add to his faith because he had been saved. Jesus changes lives. And it changed his life. And that's what Peter's wanting us to get to. This calling upon God that, that can happen to all of us. And, and can, let me just pause and say this before I move on. There's been many of you that God's been calling this week to salvation. 
Many of you have answered that call and you said yes. At the end of this message, I'm going to give many of you that opportunity again. And I'm just going to ask this of you. Would you not leave camp without saying yes to Jesus? And my prayer for you all day has been, God, for the one, for the young man and the young woman in this crowd who have said no each night and no each night, and they've been scared each night and they've been nervous each night, that they would say yes tonight. And that God's calling's on your life. And I believe that for many of you tonight. And I believe that's happening in many of your lives and that God wants to call you to salvation tonight. He says, so make every effort to confirm your calling and election. So to confirm your election is the assurance of your salvation, which is living out your faith. So students, here's what Peter's saying. Peter's saying the confirmation of your salvation, your election, is the fruit of your faith you produce. What you go out and live. It's the assurance of your salvation. It's adding to your faith. It's a declaration that you are who you say you are. Now, here's a question. Could you go back home and people declare who you say you are? If I just walked around your city and I was like, is that person a Christian? Would they say, oh, yeah, absolutely, man. That person loves Jesus in every aspect of their life. Or would they go, I don't know. Like if I brought Steph Curry on stage, right, there's no doubt that you would say, that's Steph Curry. He's a basketball player because he lives and breathes basketball, right? Maybe the best three-point shooter of all time. If I brought LeBron James on stage, you would say, why couldn't you make the playoffs, right? And, and you would, I'm just kidding, you would go, basketball player. Maybe one of the greatest, not the greatest, because we all know that was Michael Jordan, but you would say, one of, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right? But you would say one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But you, I guarantee you, you would say, that's LeBron James. He's a basketball player. Right? If I bring Tom Brady on stage, you're going to say, that's a good-looking dude. Right? And, or you're going to say, that's a football player. That's a quarterback. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback of all time. That's him. Right? He's a football. There's no question. We wouldn't ask that question. If I brought Taylor Swift on stage, you would say, wow, I can tell where this crowd stands, right? Like I threw out basketball, I threw out football, and I threw out Taylor Swift, and we say, yeah, she struggles. She's been broken up with a lot. And that's why, yeah, because that's what all of her music says. And, but not really, you'd say, one of the greatest artist of all time, whether you like her or dislike her, you would say potentially one of the greatest artists of all time, Taylor Swift, right? And, and there was no doubt about it. You would declare that. You would say it, right? If I brought the Oklahoma native Garth Brooks on stage, you'd say country boy, right? He's a country music guy. There's no question. Listen, don't miss this. If I brought you on stage, would they say, and I brought you on stage in front of your entire school, no matter how big your school is, would they say, he's a Christian? The way he lives his life, man, that's, a, that's a good dude right there. Just loves Jesus every moment of every day. He's just, a, he, he's just living out 
that affirmation, that affirming, that adding to his faith day in and day out. We know he's been called by Almighty God and he's living it out, his faith. There's no doubt about it. Would they say that about you, young lady? And we stood you on stage. Oh man, that girl, she loves Jesus. She's like one of those Jesus lovers. Like you can't get her to do nothing. She ain't going to no parties. She ain't out there drinking. She ain't out there doing anything stupid. That girl, that girl just loves Jesus. That's what I pray people say about my kids one day. That's what I pray people say about me. I I don't want you just to say, man, he was a great preacher. Man, he, he pastored a lot of really large ministries. Man, he did all this really cool stuff around the world. I I would rather you just say, he just loved Jesus. He just loved him. And because he loved him, he did all that stuff, but he just just loved Jesus. And that's enough. That is enough. And I want to challenge you, as Peter is challenging you, and to confirm your election and the confirmation of the fruit of your faith and living out your faith, Go back to your community and just say, I love Jesus, and say it with the way you live your life, and then open your mouth and share the gospel with people. Just go live out your faith. That's what Peter's challenging us with at the end of this section of Scripture, and I can't help but believe that he's not thinking about himself. I mean, look what he says, for if you do these things, you'll never stumble. You ever stumble? Like this is a promise in Scripture. If you do these things, if you live out your calling and your election and you, and you add to your faith daily, you're not going to stumble because the world doesn't have control over you. The Word of God is leading you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. And the Word of God and the power of Almighty God is living through you. And so you can withstand the battle that the enemy's throwing at you through the culture. Because you're not caving to the culture, you're following the word. And you're following God. And so as a result, if you do these things, you will never stumble. Peter's writing this, right? I've taught y'all that. Peter's about to die. Peter is about to face death on a cross upside down. And when you, if you've ever met anyone that is in their last days and unfortunately I've spent time with many people that have been given months or weeks to live and when you sit down with those people and you talk to those people and you just walk through life with them it's, it's so heartbreaking and, and hurtful. Many of you have done this with some of your, your family members and, and during that time though I've learned one thing, people always reflect back to their life. And I couldn't help but believe Peter might be reflecting back. And he might have gone all the way back to Matthew chapter 4 or Mark chapter 1 when this rabbi named Jesus walks up to him. And when this rabbi, this new radical rabbi is walking there through town and he walks up to Peter the fisherman and he looks at Peter who is an unlikely person to be a follower of a rabbi they called it a Talmud and and there's no way that Peter was prepared to be a Talmud a follower of a rabbi because he hasn't done what you should have done in the Jewish culture to follow a rabbi yet Jesus 
took the unlikely, right? And, uh, and used them greatly. Never think you can't be used by God, by the way. Never think I don't have what it takes. The disciples didn't have what it takes at the beginning. And Peter's probably reflecting back on that. Remember in that time when Jesus walked up to him and said, Hey, Peter, will you follow me? It was the calling of Almighty God on his life. It was his salvation moment. It was his moment to say yes or his moment to say no. Just like tonight will be many of your moments to say yes or to say no. Just like this week has been your moments and many of you have filled these aisles and said yes. I can't help but think Peter is sitting in that jail cell reflecting back, remembering the moment. Or how about the moment he might have remembered at the end of his life when he's thinking about adding to his faith. And he says, I, I know I experienced Jesus. I chose to follow Jesus. But then I had some moments in my life that were adding to moments. And if you remember in Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus begins to walk on water. And if you remember the day before, it was a long day. John the Baptist had just died. They had fed over 10,000 people that day. They were tired. Jesus had gone up to the mountain for some private moment to pray, just like we started the service. The disciples, he had sent them out into the lake due to the crowd that was around. He didn't want them to get rushed. They go out in the lake. A storm happens on the Sea of Galilee, which is not a big See, matter of fact, in Jerusalem, they might call it a lake of Galilee. I've been there. I've been on it. I've been in the middle of it. But when storms come in through the valleys of the lake there of Galilee or the Sea of Galilee, then the waves become so big that death could come upon anybody out in these little boats that they might have been in. And I've seen a makeup of a boat in Jerusalem by the Sea of Galilee in which they could have potentially been in. And in the midst of that, Jesus begins to see that the disciples out there and he begins to walk on water. And he gets out and the Bible says that they thought it was a ghost at first. And then Peter looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, if it is you, <laughs> call me out and let me walk on that water. That's how he would have said it if he was from Arkansas, right? Get me out there, right? Let me come on to you, Jesus. You know, and and Jesus says, come. And Peter, with his great faith, he's adding to his faith. He, he had that faith moment, and he stepped out of the boat. And he, and he walked on water and stepped out of the boat and walked on water. And he's walking on water, and he's getting his, this feeling, and the waves are crashing in, and he's walking on water. And then we all know the story. He takes his eyes off Jesus, and he falls and begins to sink. He was getting closer and closer to Jesus. And then at a moment, he begins to sink and he begins to fall into the ocean. And he begins to cry out to Jesus, right? See, sometimes the circumstances of life make us take our eyes off Jesus, don't they? When we're adding to our faith and we're trying to get closer to Jesus and you finish camp and you walk into Jesus and then the waves start crashing and they keep hitting you and they keep hitting you. You say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep spending time in the world. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. But the waves keep hitting you. Before you know, you take your eyes off Jesus and you're sinking. I wonder how many of you have taken your eyes off Jesus and you're sinking right now. And you're going down. Let Peter's last letter encourage you. 
because I can just imagine him remembering that story in his cell when all he had to do was cry back out to Jesus. See, it wasn't a salvation cry. It was a cry to say, Jesus, will you rescue me? He had just veered off path. Remember that chart I showed you? When sin takes you off path with Christ and when the circumstances of life force you to, 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 to turn your eyes away from Jesus and to fall into you and you get veer off path with Christ, it was his repentant moment. Then he experienced the grace of God and I could just see him in a cell. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll never forget that moment you stretched out your hand and I was sinking in those waves and you picked me up. I'll never forget that moment. I wonder if Peter's remembering in that cell that as Jesus was going to the cross, as he was around a little campfire, and a group of men looked at him and said, aren't you one of the followers of that rabbi? I am not. Wait, I thought I've seen you with him. Nope. No, you're one of the, I don't know. I don't know him. Three times he denied Jesus. But then I bet he's sitting in that cell and he said, once again, Jesus, the circumstances of my life took me away from you. And you died on that cross and you rose again. And then you get on the other side. And as you're on the other side, uh, uh, me and the boys, me and all the disciples, you know what it says they did? They went back to their original uh, 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 place of employment. They went back fishing. They went all the way and they decided to go back fishing in John chapter 21. Peter's like, hey, I'm going back fishing, boys. I'm not worthy to be the follower of this rabbi anymore. I let him down. Watch Jesus do. I've been on the piece of property and where this exactly took place. It's 100%. They believe where Jesus walked down and the boys were out fishing. And when they're out fishing in John 21, Peter looks back and he sees Jesus. Jesus calls out to them. And he looks back, sees Jesus, jumps out of the boat. You wondered if he thought he was going to walk again. It doesn't say he dove. I wonder if he jumped out and tried to walk. That would be awesome. I don't think he did. I think he swam back. All the boys stayed and caught more fish. And then they come and they gather around the campfire. He denied Jesus at a campfire. And now he's placed. The next time he saw Jesus was back around the campfire. And Jesus looked at him and said, do you love me? Of course I love you. Do you love me? Of course I love you. Do you love me? Of course I love you. And Peter, or Jesus reinstated Peter. He called him back to be a follower. And then sent him out and he became one of the greatest preachers of all time through scripture. And we see thousands upon thousands upon thousands saved. And so Peter's in the prison probably remembering all this. And he says, if you do these things, you'll never stumble. If you'll confirm your calling and your election. And watch this. And he says, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew 17, we learn that Jesus took him on the mount of transfiguration and he got to get a glimpse into heaven. See, Peter knew what we were about to walk into. And in his death, he's saying, listen, you're about to get to experience heaven. You're about to experience heaven. 
Like you're, like you're going to get don't run from Don't run from Jesus. Just all this false teaching going on. You say, why is Peter teaching this? All, there were tons of false teachers in that area. Lots of false teaching going on. And he said, don't turn from it. Run to it. Run to your calling and go live out your faith. If I can say anything to you, false Greek, I say this. Go live out your faith. Go make a difference for the kingdom of God. But don't do so until you confirm your calling. You know, I told you I've walked through life with some people who have been handled, handed a, uh, just a crazy illness. I've walked through it a few times with people, and, and uh, it's just been, it's, it's one of the toughest, hardest things I've done. And there's a young boy that goes to my son's school. He's in my daughter's class. His name's Titus, and uh, I had the privilege to meet this young man. See, uh, uh, I guess a couple years ago, he was diagnosed with a brain uh, tumor that was on his brain and was not given long to live. And, uh, and he's just been fighting it and fighting it. Matter of fact, he's been in hospice after hospice, and he's been fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And uh, just work, just, he just keeps staying alive. And, uh, and, 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 and through this journey, it's just been amazing from him going to hospice or turning around and coming back, and he'll end up in hospice, turning around and coming back. And the other day, I was preaching a sermon, and I said, I asked his mom and dad, who are two incredibly godly people. And I said, hey, could, could we interview your son? just want to hear his story. And we sat down, and his mom asked him questions as we began to interview, and we were talking to him, and as we're, we're just asking him different questions. How, how is it walking through this journey you've been on? What are some of your favorite things in life? What are some different things you're going through? And, and, uh, and then his mom asked him this question. And I'll tell you this piece, and I'm almost done. The band can come back out, and, and I'll be ready uh, to see what the Lord wants to do in your life. But <clears throat> we asked him this question, Titus. His mom asked him this question, Titus, what do you do? when you think tomorrow's your last day. See, he had already told his mom not long ago, I'm just ready to go to heaven, mom. I, I'm ready. I want to be welcomed into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm just ready to go to heaven. I'm tired of my suffering. And we asked him, sitting there in that chair, what do you do when you're ready to go to heaven? When you think tomorrow's your last day, because he had been there many times. And he reached in his right pocket, and in a quiet voice, he was playing in his pocket. He pulled something out, and he had his hand clenched to it, and then he just looked up, and he opened up his hand, and he said, I, I keep this in my pocket. When I, when I think I'm done, I just cling to it. I looked in his hand, and it was a cross. He said, all I know to do the moment I'm about to die is I cling to the cross because I'm about to meet my Savior. That's what Peter was explaining. That we as believers can find joy in the most miserable, hurtful, 
unexplainable. I don't get it. I can't explain it all. And in those moments, when we can't figure out life fully, it's in those moments that all we've got as believers is to cling to the presence of Almighty God. Period. Because it is He who sustains us. It is He who is greater than our circumstance. It is He who has victory over our death. And His name is Jesus. And He changes us and we get to live for Him. The question therein then lies. Have you Listen to me. Don't miss this. Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you said yes to follow Him? I've been preaching pretty heavy today about adding to your faith and to a lot of you believers, but let me speak to you that Jesus is calling, the calling of salvation upon your life. Have you this week? Are you running from it? Are you rebelling against it? Are you saying, Pastor Brian, you don't get what I'm walking through. You don't understand what I'm, I might not get it. I might not understand, but I'm telling you my God does. And he wants to walk through it with you, but you've got to receive, you've got to let him. You've got to say yes. So don't let this just be a last night of camp when we're just trying to get out of here. Let it be the night of camp that will change you for the rest of your life. Let it be the night of camp in which you said yes to Jesus. Let it be written in your journal after tonight that on this day, the last night of Falls Creek, the year 2019, week four, I gave my life to Jesus. Is that where you need to be? In just a moment, I'm going to have you stand to your feet. Just like we've done the past several nights. Cody's going to begin to lead us in a song. And then as he leads us in a song, we're going to stand. And if you need to give your life to Christ, I want you to come. You might need to bring a friend. You might be scared. I guarantee you there's people in this room that you've just been nervous. You're like, I, I just, I, I want to so bad. But you just look at the person next to you and say, you got to go with me tonight. Tonight's my night. Today is the day of salvation for me. Today, Jesus is calling me. Today is my moment. Would you do that tonight? Whether you're in the very back, you're on the far sides, you're somewhere in the middle, would you say yes to Jesus if he's calling you? So, Lord, we come to you tonight. God, tonight we ask that you would move in this place. God, I pray for everybody in this room who knows they don't have a relationship with you who knows they're not a Christian they're not a follower of Christ Jesus tonight would they say yes would they answer the call of God that Peter put in this passage to signify salvation would you allow them to say yes tonight to that call would you allow them to say yes God right now would you soften their heart would you work on them Lord, right now I pray that they got a friend that would come with them. Right now I pray that, that, Lord, you would do that in their life. Lord, would you have your way in this place? It's in Jesus' name we ask.
Amen and amen. Thanks for listening.